Amen. He's faithful forever. Perfect in Goodness, I wasn't here last time you played or, uh, or helped lead worship, and that was awesome. That's a blessing right there. Thanks for being back, too. I like that big Check, do I need to turn this thing? All right. Is that good? Is it gonna? If I, if I turn my, do I, should I not turn my head? Maybe you should sing that song. I won't move unless you move. Never mind. That's the song. Greg, good to see you. Open Bibles. We got. We were running out of time. There's a lot to do. There's, there's stuff to do, uh, and there's stuff to talk about. And I'm excited. I'll give you a little background, and then I'll read. Acts, uh, and uh, what's his face? Eugene Peterson puts it really well. He says, Jesus' death and resurrection is not the end of the story of Jesus. And so we keep cruising on. Acts is our book. Acts is Jesus' through the Holy Spirit, handing the baton of ministry. And we are the plan A. That's like the main, that's the main message of Acts. The church is mission. I had a Bible class on Acts, and that's what the professor would say every week. The church is mission. We're supposed to be sharing the good news of how God has changed our lives on a minute, daily monthly basis, all the time. So, Jesus takes off, says, you know, I'm going to give you power. You're going to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, and then all the world. And then Pentecost hits, and we get the power. And the first person to be handed the the leadership of the church is this guy named Peter. And so Peter, he starts starts finding out that this, this power stuff's real. So he's walking along, and he's at the beautiful gate, which goes into uh, Jerusalem. And there's actually silver and gold on this gate. And so he's walking, and there's a person that's crippled. And he says, hey, can you help me out? <laughs> that's awesome. What's going on? Okay. <laughs> can you... That's awesome. I don't know. I'm going to use the handheld. How about them apples? This is crazy. Okay. What was I saying? Oh, there's a beautiful gate. And Peter says, I don't got silver or gold, but I got the power of God in me. And he touches this guy and he walks. And then right after that, this guy runs up to, to Peter and John. And this is verse 11 of chapter 3, Acts chapter 3. While he clung to Peter and John, this guy has been given the power to walk and now he's clinging to Peter and John. All the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's Portico. Utterly astonished. P.S. Awesome church down in Huntington Beach of drug recovery people called Solomon's Porch. Awesome. Anyway, when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. 
You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at this? As though by our own power or piety we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends... I know that you acted in ignorance, as did, also, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that, th- that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, And that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, that is, Jesus, who must remain in heaven until the time of universal restoration that God announced long ago through his holy prophets. In our tradition, I say, this is the word of the Lord, and you respond, thanks be to God. Peter has just been used by God to heal this guy. Everybody runs. Peter doesn't waste the opportunity. He says, there's a crowd I'm going to preach. He says, there's some people I'm going to tell some stuff. I'm going to tell some stories. And his sermon, first point of his sermon, Christ is the culmination of the Old Testament. This is his story. Jesus' story. We all go throughout our lives and we think we're living our story. We're living our little day-to-day mundane, all that stuff. And we're, everybody's looking for, to be a part of something bigger. What? <laughs> That's crazy. It's like, I'm, that's just crazy. Everybody, we're walking around in our little stories and we wanting to be a part of something bigger, wanting to be a part of, of, of a revolution, something that changes, something that gives meaning, something that has power, something that is just different than wake up, go to work, watch, you know, the latest Game of Thrones, go to sleep. We want something bigger. We want something better. Peter says, this is his story. And there's an invitation in there. Jesus was the culmination of all the Old Testament. It's as if all those books were a question and Jesus was the answer. And he says, get involved in this story. Get involved in this story. 
And them not being a part of this story, them not knowing their, their stuff, it led to them putting to death the author of life. They released a murderer and killed the author of life. Talk about a call to read your Bibles and not miss God's story. My wife and I, we often, we sit and we, 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 we watch television shows. We watch like uh, movies and that kind of stuff. And we like to have this running joke. When something is kind of, it's ridiculous or stupid. We, we say, I would love to be at the boardroom when they, when they thought of that. And I wonder who didn't open their mouths and say, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> I remember we were watching 24, like season three. And the first, uh, what's her face? What's, her, what's the one that's the computer one that's like deadpan? Chloe. <laughs> Chloe walks on for the, <laughs> don't be angry at me. I didn't remember her name. Sorry, Chloe. But Chloe, fictional characters, people. Okay. She comes on the screen and she's wearing this outfit. And my wife says, oh my goodness, who, is, who in the boardroom didn't say, Chloe, you're going to be wearing this all season. That's a horrible arrangement. Ignorance, it's, it's, it's big and it's little. It's, Peter's, he's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some utter sadness in, the, in, these, in these, these Jewish people that missed the Messiah because they, they didn't run it through a boardroom. They didn't think about it. And so ignorance in the, in the wrong circumstances, absolutely horrible. And then Peter wraps all this up and he says, while we are still ignorant. And I'd like to say, it's easy to point fingers and say, you guys killed the author of life. And it's, enter, it's, 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 it's easy to just read over that and say, I wasn't there. I didn't kill the author of life. I love Wendell Berry. He's one of my favorite authors. This guy out of uh, Kentucky, I believe it is. Um, he's, he, he uses the illustration of, of slavery. And he says, look around. Most of the people in this room come from ancestors that own someone else. Owned another human being. And we like to say, we wouldn't have done that. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have done that. But how blind are we to say that we are less ignorant than our forefathers? And he challenges us with the question, what's our slavery? I challenge us with Peter's words, what's our sin? What are we, what's our blind spot? What are we doing that is absolutely offending God and we don't even know it? 
So it's a call from Peter straight through me to you. Search your heart. Look for your blind spots. Look for the ignorant places in your corners, in your world. And then he ends it with the amazing news. While we're still ignorant, God loves us. He absolutely adores us. He thinks about us. And he, he ponders us. And he chases after us. I, I, I love the way he puts it. I'll, I'll go through this. I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had. So he said, your ignorance was foretold. And then he says, so the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah appointed for you. That is Jesus the Christ. He came for you while in the ignorance. He came for me while in the midst of my sin. This is the gospel in a nutshell. This is the amazing grace. This is the, I can't keep this silent. I need to tell every single person. This is the best news. I don't know, anybody listen to records? Record store yesterday. That was my good news yesterday. It's record store day. Everybody's like, uh, who cares? (laughs) But it's my good news. It's like, it's... Picture that which makes you the happiest and put this in its place. I can't remain silent about this. And so he says this, there has to be an essential change. There has to be an essential change in order to be what you were designed to be. Do you catch that? You're going to get refreshment of your soul. You're going to get refreshment through God of the universe. He's going to meet you when you repent. And repent just simply means turn. Turn. And the illustration has been told a million times. You can walk in a direction, but if you get off course just a little bit, you end up miles and miles away further down the road. We've got to turn. We've got to turn and get back on that truth. A lot of you have walked away, maybe without even knowing it. You're not listening to God. You're not looking for God. You're not, it's been maybe a year since you've opened the Bible and said, what do you have to say for me, God? And Peter's saying it's never too late, and it's always right now. You repent, you turn, and God meets you with refreshment, not for your, you know, like, like a cup of water which, or a Gatorade, you know. I love thunder juice. That's what my son calls it. Thunder juice, because it has lightning bolts on it. But he meets you with that for your soul. Refreshment for your soul, people. That, who, which de- that, that, that being which that designed you gives you that which you need, and he's the only one who can do it. I remember I was on a, a backpacking trip to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. P.S. I'm not in shape, Ever. So I get to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I just, I feel like dying. And this is downhill. I'm walking downhill. And I feel like dying still. And I, it was, we were doing it for a week. And about halfway in, one of my, the leader of the trip, this guy named Jason Boyer, he walked over and we all like made our meals separate and like stuff like that. I was making my meal or whatever. He came over. And he pulled out of his pocket 
And I think we, we just put the kids, like all the kids were asleep and it was just us leaders. He pulled out of his pocket two Starbucks packets. You know those instant Starbucks coffee? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> he poured one into my little hot cup. And he poured one in it. And I remember taking that sip and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm back at Starbucks. I'm back in my happy place. <laughs> this world, it dishes out pain, it dishes out suffering, it dishes out just twistedness. Look at the local newspaper, look at your news this morning. I don't, there's just messed up stuff going on. And Peter says, you stop, you repent, you turn to the, your maker. And you admit you're wrong. Jesus comes and brings you heaven. You don't have to go to heaven. He brings you heaven. And it starts right then and there. And you get to worship the king. You get to love your enemy. You get to let go of the things that have hurt you. You get to let go of the things that you're hurting people with. You get to let go of your blind spots. You get to hand it all over to him. And he gives you his grace, his mercy, his love, his eyes. And now Peter is saying his power. In a couple chapters, Peter raises somebody from the dead. Peter, like you and I, human, not fully God, not fully man. Man raises someone from the dead because he gets this concept. And he's saying, do not miss it. Do not go a second without knowing this. Do not go a minute without knowing this. Focus your lives on this. Drop whatever you're doing and think about the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega, and the way that he paid for our mistakes so that we might have his presence and live in this world. Amen.